Good morning. Uh, this is a way of introduction this morning. I'd like to go to the uh, 119th Psalm. Uh, now this is a, a this is the the longest the longest chapter uh, in the Bible. This is a very very long and very rich. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm not, I, I, there's just a one one particular passage as this is a this is broken up uh, for us and I believe is a benefit to us. And uh, the the passage that I have in mind uh, begins in the in the ninth verse uh, where I think we have a some clear instruction, some clear uh, direction here. And it says, uh, it starts in the in the ninth verse, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking <coughs> heed thereto according to thy word. Uh, and and uh, in, those, in, those, in those verses that follow, I think David, uh, if this is David, it, it doesn't point blank, you know, say exactly who writes this, but the writer of this psalm had a had a message in mind and an audience in mind. He he says a young man. Now that, now that doesn't mean that you know the, the women here and that the older men should just shut their ears off and close their mind to whatever proceeds from that. But there is a there is a reason I think that David says a young man. Uh, I myself still consider myself a, a young man. I'm not 30 yet, so I still consider myself pretty young. But I, I so I, I know from experience that a young man or a, a young woman, uh, that's a very trying time in a person's life. That is a time of uh, great temptations, and you're not very strong. And uh, I think that's why David is so adamant about who this is meant for, who he, who he guides us to. <clears throat> and he says, and he says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. When I looked up at the meaning of the word uh, heed, <clears> that actually had another meaning of a hedge, and I and I thought of a, a hedge like a wall, you know, like a, I, I think this is a I think this is a way for a, a man to put a hedge about himself and about his path. Uh, <clears throat> you know, if you have a if you have a, a nice walkway with a nice hedge around it, it's going to be a lot harder for stuff to to get into it, for stuff to damage it. It's going to keep you from from veering off of that path, and I think uh, I think here David is telling us the way of how to build that hedge and what, what makes up that hedge that we can we put about our path. <clears throat> and he and he, said, he starts off with in the tenth verse, with my whole heart have I sought thee, oh let me not wander from thy commandments. <laughs> that he he begins with how you know it, the first step is to to seek God and to seek Christ and to let me not wander from thy commandments well it, to not wander from thy commandments means you have to know them means you have to means you have to read them this is all by, by the way this is all going to go to the to the importance of studying scripture by the way just to spoil that for you uh, that, I think that is immediately why in the ninth verse he says according to thy word because that is what the scriptures are able to do in the second in second Timothy the third chapter, he says in the 16th verse, <clears throat> well, in the 15th verse, he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That, that is exactly you know, the, the purpose and the intent of scriptures. There's no way for us to get around that. There's, there's no cheat code that we can 
that we can bypass that. And I, I think that, that's the importance here that David is, is stressing <laughs> is to is the step one is what to see, what we are to see. And to and, and by doing so that you know we need to pray earnestly to you know not wander from from Christ and from the Lord's commandments. Mm-hmm. In the in the prayer in, in Christ's prayer in the sixth chapter of Matthew, that was what that was one of the uh, I'll have to read it. I don't want to misquote it, but in the sixth chapter of Matthew, he says, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." That, that, I believe that you know that is an earnest prayer, an earnest request that we have to continually ask of God, and and uh, that is part of the hedge that helps to guard our path. Amen. And he says, uh, "Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee." Now he tells us he tells us the purpose of why he's he's putting the word into his heart. It's it's almost like it, it's a remedy for what it's against that I might not sin against thee. Yeah, there, there is a there is no better way to come to combat sin than, than from what I'm seeing here than to um, study and to 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 study and to seek Christ. And he says to hide his word in your heart. Well, how do you get something into your heart? You've got to get it into your head, and to get it into your head, you're going to have to you have to study. You're going to have to um, you're going to have to learn some things, and uh, I, I think that is the the remedy here that, that David gives us as part of that hedge that we might not sin against thee. Doesn't mean that you're not going to. I think that's why he said might. You might not sin. You might not sin. You're going to be less likely to sin, I believe. Um, you know that, that that's the that is the purpose that is one of the purposes of re, of reading and studying uh, scripture. <laughs> he said, "Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes." As many great things as we can learn from listening to people to give their own, you know, take just as I'm doing on scriptures. The best teacher that we have is the Lord. That is the best. That is the best uh, teacher that uh, that you will have. And when he opens your eyes to things you're studying scriptures, that is uh, to to me that is that is truly amazing and a truly a wonderful benefit that the Lord uh, does for His people to teach us. <clears throat> With my lips have I declared all the judgments uh, of Thy mouth. I rejoiced in the way of Thy testimonies as much as in all riches. You know what I take from. From reading that is uh, just as we're doing here today. Is that part of that hedge? Is that we we gather together and we uh, we, we declare uh, we declare Christ. We declare uh, we declare the Word. We rejoice. It says we rejoice in the way of His testimonies, just as we were singing earlier and rejoicing in Christ in the Lord. And uh, in doing so, that is part of a hedge that helps us to keep our path and to keep it and to keep us uh, in the way. Is uh, not to, not to forsake, you know, gathering here together and to worship the Lord. <laughs> I will meditate in Thy precepts and have respect uh, unto Thy ways. <laughs> now I don't. Whenever you know, I think of, of meditate. You know, you think of uh, <clears throat> you think of you know, like a little little Buddhist man that's sitting with his legs crossed, just staring into space, just not uh, not thinking of anything. That is not how uh, <laughs> that is not how I think of when I think of, of meditating on on the, on the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think what what comes to mind for me here is when He says I will meditate in Thy precepts is to uh, not just not just read and not just read the Bible, but seriously to 
to think and consider about um, the things that that uh, are, are said, things that uh, things that may have reached out to you, things that you may have uh, learned and saw that you've never seen before, and to really uh, dwell and meditate on those. <laughs> I think that is a another part of our hedge. And the last uh, <clears throat> the last step I would say he gives is, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not uh, forget thy word. <clears throat> there is a it is very important uh, just as you know when we have that word in our heart not to forget that word uh, in 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 the uh, first Corinthians in the 15th chapter that is part of a salvation that uh, that Paul encourages to the church at Corinth in the first verse is moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, <clears throat> there is a <laughs> there is a there is a salvation, a necessary salvation that helps uh, protect us and keep our way clear. But we have to remember these things. You know, these are things that you know, we cannot forget. Uh, <laughs> there are often times, you know, things that you know might sound kind of redundant that you know you feel like you've you've heard over and over again. But I think that is just <laughs> a necessary for us not to forget those things. Uh, if we just quit, if we just quit talking about uh, grace, there's a very, uh, there's a chance this has happened uh, in this country of people that just may forget them. They just may not put them into remembrance for those things. And uh, there's a great salvation in knowing those things and remembering those things and coming to the knowledge of those. And uh, <clears throat> I greatly believe that. If we put, if we, if we seriously put each of these uh, into action in our own lives, that we can construct our own hedge to keep our own ways clear and our, our own ways pure. Thank you. David also said that his, that the word of God was a lamp for his feet and a light for his path. It is a, it illuminates our way uh, in this life, and you know the the word of God is is given for our benefit. Uh, you know, God purposely gave us, intentionally gave us the word of God, and this is the word of God that I'm holding here. It is for our benefit, for the children of God's uh, benefit, instructions, and for the glory of God's sake. And it teaches how we praise Him. Uh, in what manner it, it, the pattern's laid out, and whether you lived under the old dispensation or we live in the gospel time, it's all laid out in the Word of God. And so, worthy of the study is God's Word uh, for all of us because it, it, is, it makes us better disciples, stronger believers, uh, and, 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 and certainly, you know, it increases the zeal of every one of us. And I find greater zeal when I get done reading. If I if I go a day or two without touching my Bible, I mean, it, it's, it's like I'm a, I just, I, I find myself starving. <laughs> and, and, and I'm almost like my light goes out a little bit. And it does. I mean, you start hiding it under a bushel, don't you, if you don't watch it. Um, and that's, and the Word of God is what keeps you from that. And, and, and practicing what we've, uh, what we understand. Uh, enjoyed it very much, Brother Cole. My, uh, my scripture, I would like to go in the book of uh, Philippians, the, the, the uh, third chapter, uh, and I'll go ahead and tell my wife, this is not the same sermon you heard last Sunday. 
though these are some of the same scriptures. All right. <laughs> um, now, and this kind of follows along with what Brother Cole talked about. The Apostle Paul says to the, to the church at Philippi, Brethren, be followers together of me. And he says, And mark them which walk, so as you have us for an example, or an example. So, so Paul says, be followers of us. Now, Paul never did, uh, when he said things like that, and, 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 and as you find in the scriptures, he would say things like, you follow me as long as I follow Christ. If, if I ever quit following Christ, Paul says, don't you dare follow me. But you mark those that do follow Christ. You mark them. It's like, it's like putting a check mark beside somebody's name as you, can, as you study who they are, uh, study what they do, how they live, how they talk, how they, uh, how they worship. Um, when, uh, when, the, when the apostles, um, you know, when, when they were given instruction by Christ, their instructions were, uh, you're going to suffer <laughs> for my name's sake. Uh, you're going to, when you do this, you're going to, this is not going to be an easy road for you. But, but, but you're commanded to do it. And then when, when the apostles did that, under, under the great trials that they went through, the early church is, is a lot different. Or went through the circumstances and the times of the early gospel church is much different than what we have right now. We ought to be grateful that we don't have to suffer like that. You're, the, 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 the folks that uh, uh, proceeded from that early church all the way down uh, through the dark ages and things like that, you know, they were, I mean, they were mistreated horribly by, by, by Catholics and Protestants. Uh, I'm talking about death. Uh, and, and, and folks would uh, kill them in multitudes for doing what you're doing today. <clears throat> the, uh, the examples that we have in the Bible, the, the people that you check, a mark, a mark, and that's what Paul's saying, you mark them. And there, there's a reason why you need to mark those who sets examples that are that follow the examples of the apostles that follow the example of Christ. That listen, that is the ultimate example in it. Jesus Christ is. So, so John the apostle would say, if any man that saith that Christ abideth in him, that if Christ abides in him, ought to walk even as he walked. So it starts with Jesus Christ, and we can't deviate from that. Sure, to goodness, we have no greater example to live our lives by than Jesus Christ, who is, who is God manifest in the flesh. And he came down, friends, for the purpose and intent of saving his people, but also to teach us uh, what is required of us. And God does require things. Thou knowest, O man, what the Lord doth require of thee. But you do justly, that is, you do what's right. You love mercy. And you walk humbly before your God. If you can do those three things, then somebody's going to mark you as a true Christian. As somebody who is a true disciple. <clears throat> because, the, and, and there, listen, there's no in-between in discipleship. There's not folks who are, uh, you know, that, are, that Christ would call disciples indeed. <clears throat> disciples indeed were those that Jesus Christ said, if any man continue... In my word. He is my disciple indeed. And he shall know the truth. And the truth is going to make him free. 
So there, there is rewards to discipleship, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus Christ is a disciple indeed continues in the Word of God. So, so as, you, as you live your life, remember this, that you have the authority by the Word of God to mark those that you know serve God with their whole intent and design. We also have the authority to mark those that don't. In the 16th chapter of the, of the letter to the Romans, the same Apostle Paul says, Mark them, or I beseech you, brethren, that you mark them, that uh, <clears throat> mark them that 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 teach. Oh shoot, I can't get it. Let me go. Let me read it. You know, it's one of those scriptures you think you'll never forget. <clears throat> I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. Now, if, when, he, when he says avoid them, it doesn't mean, you know, that, that you don't have a, um, a cordial spirit about them. It doesn't mean if you see them down the street, you just turn and walk away. But you avoid what they're doing. You avoid, what they, the, the, you avoid how they are setting the wrong example in the church. <clears throat> so he says, mark them. And avoid them, for such, for they are such that serve not. And this says this is about service now. <clears throat> they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the authority, the complete authority is Christ. That serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Now that doesn't mean they're like this stomach area here. The, that it is the, the belly. We're going to find out in just a second that they uh, that that means. It's your inward feelings. They serve themselves. They serve their own cause. All right? <clears throat> and by good words and fair speech, they also deceive the hearts of the simple, those that don't have understanding. There, people are easily drawn off by other people from following Christ. Easily. And the word simple simply means without understanding. So Brother Cole talked about the necessary uh, uh, knowledge of the Word of God to keep us from being drawn off. Or to keep us from drawing other people off. I have, listen, I can draw somebody off from, from the things of God just as good as anybody else can. If, if, if I use fair words, if I, if I, like David says, their words were smoother than butter. I mean, you, you know, you put something, you, you spread good butter on the bread and, uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it goes on easily and, and, and folks like the taste of it. If you tell them what they want to hear, the next thing you know, you're their best friend. Even though what you're telling them is contrary to the Word of God. So marking people in your life, also remember this, that others are going to mark you. Folks are going to look at you and mark you. Uh, so go back to Philippians now. All right, so you mark them which walk positively like they have an example and and now we'll get to the negative for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you even weeping why would the apostle paul weep <clears throat> because of his concern for the cause of jesus christ and the cross now when i mean his concern for it i do not mean that the apostle paul ever felt y'all listen y'all know what the apostle paul preached 
the doctrines of electing grace are easily seen in Paul's writings. But there is, there is something about the glory of Christ that the Apostle Paul was willing to die for to maintain. Now, he says, I tell you this, I tell you this weeping, because they are the enemies of what? The cross of Christ. <clears throat> Listen, nobody's going to keep one of the Lord's people from going to heaven, are they? When he says they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that even though they deceive them with, uh, with their speech, with their fair speech, even though they draw away them from serving Christ, Nobody is going to rise up and be able to take away one of those that are in the hands of Jesus Christ. Christ has promised he's going to lose none of them. But he'll raise them up again the last day. So this is not talking about being an enemy to what Christ has done on the cross. This is talking about being an enemy to the glory of God that people give Christ for the cross. In our, in our way of, of life and our way of worship. So, so to be an enemy to God is not very smart. I have found that myself the hard way. <laughs> you know, the, uh, I, have, uh, I have been God's enemy before. You know, by, by my actions. Listen, there's a time in my life, if somebody would have marked me, they would have marked me as somebody do not. Uh, put a big no next to Lofton. No. Because I didn't live. Didn't, I don't say I didn't love the Lord, but I forsook Him. Because I wanted to fit in with a system that I found that was not very wise to do. And for a while, the, the, the Lord, it's almost like He said, all right, you have at it. And this lasted, just, this lasted for a while and if I, if I could explain to you, if, if, I, if I, listen, if I could, if I could give you the, the, the very feeling when God put the stop in front of me, I can't describe the anxiety, the guilt, and the shame that I felt when God stopped me in my tracks. And when, when I say stop me in my tracks, he chastised me with a rod that was severe. It was a, it was a severe correction in here. I mean, you, nobody, if everybody looked at me, they'd been like, he looks looks all right, but he's, Lofton was not all right. <clears throat> so if, if you know, and who knows who I was influencing? I know I was influencing people. People were influencing me. It's important to understand that folks are going to mark you. Whether you, whether you like it or not, whether I like that or not, people were marking me. And the Apostle Paul says, you mark them, especially, in this case here, if they have us and walk as an example after the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, an enemy to God, Paul says, they're enemies to the cross of Christ, whose end, he does not say damnation, does it? But the end of their walk is destruction. That was mine. That's what it led me to. It led me to severe destruction, depression, guilt, and shame. 
whose God is their belly. My God was in here. It was me. Listen, I just want to do what I want to do and, and, uh, and live like I want to live, satisfy the lust of the flesh, speak like I want to speak, uh, enjoy the things I want to enjoy, and still feel like I was a Christian. I wasn't no Christian. Was not a Christian at all. There's a difference. My God was me. That's what Paul is saying. Their God is inside themselves. It's, it's, their, it's what they serve. It's, it's, it's who they are. It's, it's what they promote within themselves. Their end is destruction. It will come. If they're God's children, it's going to come. It's going to be brought to them in this life. They're going to suffer. The wicked don't suffer like this. Paul doesn't weep over the wicked. Paul weeps over the Lord's children who are contrary and are enemies to, to the cause of Christ because they draw other people off. If I would have continued in that life, I could have drew uh, uh, other people off who, who liked me and might have thought, well, shoot, if he gets by with it, you know, he speaks about God sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I'm talking about airing out some dirty laundry. Let me just air some more out to you. We would, uh, <laughs> we would, we would drink too much and, and every time that me and my friends would drink too much, the majority of the time, anyways, I'm going to say every time, the majority of the time, we start talking about the Lord. And then we start making excuses. Well, what we're doing is not that bad. I, listen, I remember saying these words just plain as day. We could be doing worse. What we're doing is not that bad. I was drunk as a skunk saying, what I'm doing is not that bad. I could be a worse sinner than this. I mean, what kind of thing is that to take to God? Lord, you don't know how bad I can be. Just be thankful I'm just as bad as, as this. I could be a whole lot worse. I was justifying myself before men. Not before God. <laughs> because that was displeasing to God, I guarantee you. And, and you know who justifies themselves before men? According to the scriptures, according to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Pharisees. The Pharisees, Jesus says, you are they that justify yourself before. You just need some more men to agree with you. And you get enough people together and say, oh yeah, this is okay. This is fine. This is okay, it's fine. If, if you agree it's fine, I agree it's fine, then surely it's fine. Let the Word of God contradict everything that we're doing. <laughs> but I was a Pharisee. A Pharisee just simply believes that he's above God. He don't have to listen to God. He, he can change God's laws. Any law that you want to change to make to, uh, uh, to suit your case, whatever law it is, you're a Pharisee. I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but listen, I, there's, there's tons of them in, in America. Pharisaism is, is, a, is a, that's why Christ warned the disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. But what does leaven do? Well, leaven spreads. And leaven puffs up. It spreads to people. Then others can do like you do. You, you affect them. You spread the leaven of the Pharisees. Christ warned his own disciples. Because, listen, we do not believe in absolutism, do we? We believe that choice, as far as discipleship goes, is within us to make. As far as discipleship goes, I, mean, I did not say eternal salvation. That's God's choice. That's, that's, that's God's work. 
And I am thankful for that. But here, Lofton makes choices every day. You make choices every day. There's a world of Pharisees. A world of Pharisees. In America and other nations, tons of them. Who simply say, I'm above God. I don't have to be obedient to God. I believe in God. Sure. I consider myself a Christian. But to serve like that? No. Well, they might as well have a shirt on that says, I am a Pharisee. The commandments do not apply to me. I felt that way before. It's not a good place to be. But, it, but it's, it's deception. You know, the Pharisees, they weren't born Pharisees. It is a learned way of life. It was a learned way. You got to be taught how to be a Pharisee. So, so the Apostle Paul is weeping here about folks that, that he saw the good, of thing, of the good of Christ in them, but now they're the enemies to God because they don't serve Christ. They, don't, they serve themselves. They serve their own lusts, their desires. They, they, they serve the world. They, in fact, he says, they mind earthly things. Their glory is their shame. They mind the things of this earth. That is what they're affixed to. So, so in all things concerning the, uh, you know, the marking of people that, that you should do. And, 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 and listen, if, if, if somebody's not living and, and, and serving Christ like God commands them to, don't try to be like that person, but yet influence that person to be different. You be the mark for them to set. So they'll look and they'll say, they seem to be real in their affections toward Christ. They seem, they're not full of hypocrisy like the Pharisees. They don't say one thing and then do something else. <clears throat> the, uh, when, when you read the Bible, and I hope you do, like Brother Cole, when you read the Bible, mark people in here. I've got two women marked out. Spend the rest of this time talking about these two women. I got them marked out in the scriptures. Uh, I mark people in the Bible. Good and bad. <laughs> Good and bad. There's some in there I don't want to be like. And then there's some that I think, if I were more like them. And these are not superheroes, y'all. They have no different faith than what's in you. No different whatsoever. They have the same God that dwells in you. The same faith that is given unto you. The same word of God that we have. They're living it out. But let's go to the do the 10th uh, chapter of the Gospel of Luke. All right. Now, if you want some markings, positive markings, these two women are right here. Now, one gets a bad rap. We're going to prove that is unfair. All right. <clears throat> Both of these women deserve to be marked, deserve to be mimicked as examples of disciples. Now this is uh, in the 10th chapter, 38th verse. Now it came to pass as they went, that is Christ and his disciples are, are walking through this place now called Bethany. He entered into a certain village, that's Bethany, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now 
we, we understand now this belongs to her. This house is her house. And when Jehovah comes into your house, when the great I am steps foot into your house, you're probably, in, in, in modern terms, you're probably not going to tell him, Lord, hey, go, go get you a cold cut sandwich, fix your sandwich, the kitchen's yours, uh, make yourself at home. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching the, the, the Tennessee-Alabama game. Lord, I'll talk to you when this is over with. You're probably not going to do that. I hope you would not do that. Martha did not do that. When the Lord stepped foot in her house, the first thing she started doing was serving Him. I mean, and she went at it with a great desire. The reason why is because she loved Him. <clears throat> this woman here is not a Pharisee. She was not too proud to get up. and Now, this is her house, and the king is in her house. Can you imagine if, if, uh, if, if there was uh, stuff scattered all over the house? She's probably telling him, pick, pick that up. Clean up. And, and, and all the while, in, in, in our southern modern terms, she's peeling potatoes and, uh, <laughs> and getting the chicken battered, fixing, fixing a great meal for the king of kings and the lord of lords. I mean, she is working, and there's nothing wrong with that. You'll see, Christ does not condemn her for this. He doesn't condemn her. She's doing this out of, out of a love for the king of kings. She is a servant of the king. And you're going to find that she's actually mimicking him. <clears throat> he comes into her house. The first thing he does is start preaching. First thing he does is start preaching. And her sister Mary sits right down at the feet of Jesus and listens. <clears throat> and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and she goes to Jesus. She didn't go to Mary, did she? I mean, she thought, she knew who this was. If, if I can get him to tell her to give me a hand, she'll do what he says. You know, that's, that's, that's what Martha's thinking. I, I, I don't go to my sister. I get Jesus to tell her. <clears throat> she goes to him and says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. See, Martha is, she, it, it's a matter of timing for Martha. It's, it's a, Martha has a problem with the timing of this. It's not what she's doing, is it? I mean, listen, when, when, uh, when Jesus Christ goes into the, to the house of, of Simon Peter and his mother-in-law has, is, is sick with a fever <clears throat> and the Lord goes over to his mother-in-law and he touches her, his mother-in-law, and she, and her fever, in fact, is called a great fever. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't worried about uh, contagion. Uh, you're not going to get him sick. He can't get sick. He goes straight to her, touches her. The great fever leaves. You know what she did? Immediately, she got up and she served him. Immediately, whenever. Listen, when <laughs> the only thing that should keep us from serving God is, is being sick. I mean, if you got a fever then 
You stay home. If you don't have fever, then immediately, as soon as you start feeling better, you start serving God. That's what that lesson teaches. She did not wait. She did not expect more stuff from Jesus Christ. She got up, started serving Christ. That comes from a heart of love. That, that is knowing who you are, who you are, and who He is. I'm sorry. I had that wrong. That, that stems from, from, uh, from education of who we are and who He is. So Peter's mother-in-law immediately got up and served him. There is nothing belittling about serving Jesus Christ. There's nothing belittling about working in the kingdom of God. There's, there's nothing that, that, you know, that, that the Lord doesn't take notice of when we work in the kingdom of God. So why is it then, is Mary not helping? Why is Mary not helping? Because Christ is preaching. He's not there for just a, you know, if it was just a regular visit. If he came in to eat and to eat alone and to have a cordial conversation, it might be different. But as soon as he starts teaching his word, as soon as the gospel is preached, Mary goes to the feet. I want to listen to the gospel of my Lord being preached. And Martha says she's left me. You know, well, that's what the Lord tells us to do. If any man leaveth not his father and his mother, son, daughter, wife, children, well, that would be son and daughter, his wife or your husband, your friends, for my sake and the gospel. Mary is doing exactly what Jesus Christ told her to do. She's doing exactly what... You know what, what disciples indeed do? They, might, they may have to leave their children at home. Or children may have to leave their mom and dad at home. They may have to get in the car themselves and get themselves out to the house of God. They may have to. That's exactly what Mary's doing. She's leaving Martha alone. And Jesus Christ does not condemn either one. But he tells you which one is the best. That he tells you the good part. Now, see, my, my view of, of these two women and marking them uh, as examples of discipleship. <clears throat> is that what if we combine these two women? <clears throat> what if we have a worker like Martha? All the way up to the time till it's time to meet. We've had those here at Buffalo Church. We've had those here. Listen, my, my dad was one of those. Now, I'll, I'll just brag on my father <laughs> because my dad wasn't a Pharisee. My dad was not. He wasn't a proud man. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect. But my dad worked. He, he was like a Martha. And, you know, when, uh, when we get done eating, you know who would be mopping these kitchen floors in here? A lot of times my dad. You know who would be cleaning bathrooms? We got, listen, we got them in here. Sister Wanda, uh, you go back out and, and, and you, walk, you watch a, 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 an 81-year-old lady, three, on her knees cleaning the bath, uh, cleaning commodes. I mean, we've got Martha's and Mary's 
combined in our church. We all ought to be Martha's and Mary's. That's what I'm saying. If you, we combine these two girls together, these two women together, then, then you've got exactly a disciple indeed. You've got somebody working in the kingdom, not ashamed to labor, not ashamed to do it. And you've got somebody that when the time comes to worship, they're at the feet of Jesus. They're right at the feet of Jesus. Let me hear the word of God. Let me hear the words of Jesus Christ preach to me what, I, what, uh, what is glorifying to the name of God and good for my soul. Teach me the ways to go. Show me. Praying for your preacher. And, and, and I've told you here before at Buffalo Church, if, if there's another preacher out there that would serve you better, that you would enjoy more, that you would give, uh, a, a, be a greater disciple, if they could make you a greater disciple, because that's what preaching does. It's what Christ told the, the apostles, go make disciples. You can't make a child of God, but preaching does make disciples. If there is another one out there that, that, that would be better for Buffalo Church, I implore you, you get that individual in here and make him your pastor. Because I don't want anything else but, but what is glorifying to God and good for you to make disciples. If I can't get the job done, and somebody else can, please, please, choose the man. Choose the man. Now, Mary made a choice, and Jesus tells us, one of seven times in the Bible that Christ uses somebody's name twice. So it's, it's, it's always good to pay extra attention. Martha, Martha, thou art, thou art careful. That is, you have a lot of care in what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're cleaning, you're cooking, you're, you're, I'm in your house. You have a lot of care. I can see the trouble on your face. You know, uh, listen, when, when we get ready at our house for the preacher to stay with us, I got a Martha. I mean, and, and a severe Martha. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, that house has to be in tip-top shape. Ask the girls. And I, uh, Chloe's a, a little Martha, too. Me and Sadie Beth, we're not so much Marthas. When it, well, sorry, Sadie. Uh, we, we do. We do as we're supposed to. But uh, sometimes it takes a little nudging for me and Doodlebug to get up and go do some stuff. But I've got, I've got a couple of Marthas and... and, and uh, Listen, everything's got to be just right for the preacher to come to my house. What about the king of kings? Jesus knew that. He knew who he was. He knew why Martha was laboring this way. He knew that. And he says, you're careful and you're troubled. No, see, it doesn't condemn her about many things. But one thing is needful. There's one thing above what you're doing. And Mary hath chosen that good part. And he says, I am not going to take it away from her. I'm not going to get her up off of right here from listening to me preach and tell her to work. Because the time, the time, Martha's problem was the time. If, if Jesus Christ comes in and he starts preaching, Martha should have just put everything down and said, okay, everybody, hush, let's gather together at the feet of Christ. Now, Jesus Christ does not come in bodily form anymore, does he? 
He'll, he'll never step foot in bodily form on this earth. We have that promise. When he, when he comes back the second time in his glorified kingdom, uh, in his glorified body, we're going up to him. He's calling us up. <laughs> There's no sense in them stepping foot on here again. But that does not mean that this house of God is called Buffalo Primitive Baptist Church does not host the King of Kings. And you as a house in here, you house the King of Kings. I mean, just like Martha was, was concerned that everything in our house is, is prepared for the King, that's how we ought to come to, house, uh, to Buffalo Church. Everything in here is prepared for the king, for the presence of the king. <clears throat> because what Martha is doing, Jesus Christ is actually exactly like her. The thing is, is that Martha doesn't see it in the spiritual realm, but Mary does. All right, let's go to the 10th chapter of, of, the, uh, of the Gospel of Mark. All right, this is what the Lord says concerning this. All right. <clears throat> Now, he tells his two disciples that are wanting to be the right-hand and left-hand men of Christ, you know, thinking that this is going to be a natural, he's a natural king, he's going to run these Romans out of here. All right. And, and, and by the way, they got their mama to help them. <laughs> but, the, but the Lord did not give them what they wanted. So they wanted to be on his right-hand and left. And, and then everybody else got mad at them. You know, the other, the other ten disciples got mad at James and John. Jesus called all of his disciples and says, You know that they, this is the 42nd, cha uh, 42nd verse of the 10th chapter, <clears throat> You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, don't they? And their great ones exercise authority upon them. So there is subordination, the high, which will be Caesar, you know, and, and, and that's what he's talking about, the, the courtship of Caesar, the great one. All right, then under Caesar, there's, there's, there's different ones, the whole positions, and under them it kind of branches out like a, you know, kind of like that uh, uh, pyramid kind of thing. But so shall it not be among you. Whosoever will be great among you shall be what? Your minister. Not, not, not talking about your preacher. <laughs> Though that's part, of, that's, my, that's part of my calling but that we minister to one another in the house of God. The greatest people in the kingdom of God minister like Martha. They're workers. They're diligent. Their king is worth it. He may show up today. And we hope that he did. We hope that he does. We hope that the, that the presence of Christ comes in because guess what? That's what he tells us he'll do. And whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. If you want to be the chief of the church, then you're the best servant there is in here. And what if we all desired that? What if we really desired the chief rooms in the true gospel kingdom? Then everybody's a Martha. We are servants. We are ministers. For even the Son of Man, talking about himself, came not to be ministered unto but to minister. What? Jesus Christ came to minister? Well, that's what Mary knew. You see, Mary understands that Martha is Martha's fixing a meal. 
fried chicken, mashed potatoes in our, in our way of thinking, vegetables, an apple pie, whatever the best thing was in her house, she's going to fix it for her Lord. But Mary knew that Jesus Christ also is a culinary genius <laughs> in his own special way. In Luke chapter 22, he tells his disciples, As the Father hath appointed unto me a kingdom, so I appoint it unto you, that ye may sit at my table and eat my supper. Eat and drink my supper. You see, Jesus is a servant of food, the spiritual food. Mary knew that. Martha forgot. Mary knew that the good place was at the feet of Jesus. Mary chose to do that, by the way. That's a choice. Martha didn't choose that. Doesn't make what Martha did wrong. It, it shows a great love of her service and how, how, how willing she was, she was to, to be laboring about. In her house, because king's in her house. King's in your house too, by the way. That's why you're called a great house. Paul calls every born-again child of God a great house. In every great house, he says, there's not only vessels of silver and gold, but also of wood and earth. There's things, he says, that are unto honor, and that's the Spirit of God, and there are things to dishonor. That's the flesh, isn't it? If any man will purge himself of these dishonorable things, whatever it is in you that keeps you from serving like Martha and worshiping like Mary. Whatever it is, purge yourself from these things, Paul says, then you are fit or ready or meet for the master's use. You have a, a, a use that, of, of the master. It's not your use. It's the master's use. He has a use for every one of his children. And what you're doing today is a part of that use. It don't end here. You don't get to go out of here and say, okay, now I'm ready for the, for the wood and the earth to come out in me. No, put that away. Somebody's marking you. Somebody's marking you. And remember, you represent the king. The king is in your house right here. This is your house. This is your tabernacle. This is where the Son of God dwells spiritually. Now, if we prepare ourselves properly and rightfully as according to the Scriptures, as, as Christ says, and, 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 uh, and we labor like Martha, but we worship like Mary, Let's go to the 12th chapter of Luke. And Bubba, I'm going to quit here at 12 o'clock, nearly exactly. Because this is it. All right. <clears throat> now, the Lord says in 12th chapter of, of, uh, of, of Luke's gospel, 34th verse, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You can't, get, you can't deny that. If, if your treasure is the Lord, your heart's with it. If your treasure is not with the Lord, then your heart is where your treasure is. 
Let your loins be girded about. And that just means, you know, they, they wore those long, almost like dress-like things. Can you imagine Bryce playing football in a skirt? I mean, that's what it was. I mean, can you, can you stretch your legs out and run in a skirt? Of course not. So you know what they did? They girded them up. They took it. They pulled them up above their knees. They took and they strapped or, or, or tucked it in to their girdle. So now they're ready to run. So that's what Jesus Christ is saying. He says, whatever hinders you from running, whatever hinders you from running this race, you put it aside, you gird your loins. In other words, you make yourself free from my service. Because I've got work for you to do. Now remember that your lights are also burning. So, so Jesus Christ loves a laborer, but he loves a worshiper too. Let, let's try to be both these women. And ye yourselves liken to men that wait. That wait who? On who? That wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding. This is not a second coming. All right, this is not the second coming of Christ. When he will, when he will return from the wedding, as if, as if your husband's gone for a while, and you, you are the bride of Christ. Every child of God is a bride. Men, in this sense, are feminine in gender. You're a bride adorned for your husband. And when the husband leaves, That is, as, as we labor, as we come to Buffalo Church, as we labor in song of praise, as we labor in prayer for our husband, as, we, as our lights are shining and our loins are girded and we're waiting for the return of the Son of God that you'll not see Him come through that door like Mar Martha had in His house or in her house. But he will enter into your heart in a special manner and way, which you will know immediately when he does. Because he's like Martha. Remember he said, I, I am a minister. I came not to be ministered to, but I came to minister. All right. <clears throat> that when he cometh and knocketh, guess what? They open to him immediately. Immediately. They're waiting for the Lord. It's, it's like, if, some, it's like if, if there was a knock on that door, all of our hands at once pff, open it up, and there's Jesus Christ standing. Wouldn't that be great? But it doesn't mean we don't have him. It doesn't mean we don't have him. He told his disciples, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The apostle John saw Jesus Christ in his glorified form in Revelations. You remember? and heard a voice like a voice of a trumpet. And he turned behind, and he looked, and he said, And I saw seven golden candlesticks. And this man was in the midst of them. This man, Jesus Christ, is in the midst of these candlesticks. And then Jesus tells us what the candlesticks are. He says the candlesticks are the churches. The seven churches of Asia he was talking about. But that does not mean that he's not here. He's in the midst of the churches. 
It's in a, it's in a spirit. It's in power, though, y'all. It's in a powerful form when he shows up, when he comes, and we're ready. We're, 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 our lights are burning and our, our, uh, our loins are girded and, and, we're, and, that, and that knock comes. The husband gives that. Everybody in here immediately opens up the door and the Son of God does what? Blessed are those servants whom the Lord cometh. Uh, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Truly, I say unto you that he shall gird himself. He's he's commanded us to gird ourselves. Then he girds himself. And And he makes them to sit down to meet. And he, the Son of God, will come forth and serve them. Now this is when we eat of the bread and we drink of the wine. This is when the Son of God comes in power to a church that is waiting, burning, longing, needing, that is a Mary waiting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ here in the gospel. And the Son of God himself being a servant makes you sit down at his table. Remember he says, I have a table. In my kingdom, you'll eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. It's his table in his kingdom. In the ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs, it says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. And that's what Jesus Christ gives us. So so let's remember that, that marking Mary and Martha, both of them are worthy to be marked. Both of them are. But the good part, the good part puts you at the feet of Jesus Christ to listen to his word preached, to glorify his name for his, for his salvation on your behalf, for the comfort of your soul, and for the example of, that others are marking you and say, that individual, I would, I would, I, I, that's who I would want to be like. How do they do it? How are they such good servants of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, they probably go to this book. They probably pray often. They're yielding. They're willing. They're not proud. They're not Pharisees. They're just ready to do it. 